0: Blackwater, the Wagner Group, Executive Outcomes, the Flying Tigers, the Swiss Guard, the White Company, the Knights Templar, the Varangian Guard, Clercus of Sparta, Pythagoras the Spartan, Mentor of Rhodes, and Socrates of Achaea. The list is endless. Mercenaries, Guns for Hire, Soldiers of Fortune, Private military companies, private security contractors, dirty deeds done not so dirt cheap. History is replete with privatized militaries. Call them what you want. They've been around for a very long time and they are very likely not going away anytime soon. So you better get used to it, grow up and accept it, or move to another planet. Because in this world, folks, money trumps everything and like it or not wars are good for business and pandemics as if the only pandemic being hyped is an actual thing folks the only thing hurting anyone is the pandemic of the ignorant the gullible and the blindly obedient history tells us that more people are enslaved and killed by such means of oppression and tyranny than by any other means. Oppression and tyranny, folks, money, profits, and propaganda. Call it psychological operations, or call it psychological conditioning. You are being gaslit. So remove your blinders, all of them, and take a good sensory inventory of what you're being told and shown to believe. Because here we go. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of OCONUS The Contractor's Life, talking from the relatively insulated and bucolic rural foothills of northwestern Washington State. I'm your host, Scott Dresser. So uh, life as a private security contractor, as I've said before, in a hostile or a war-torn zone, it is a mixed bag of blessings. Some are good and some not so good. All in all, private security contracting is much the same as life. That is, it is what you make it. So then, the Middle East, lands of enchantment, lands of mystery, lands of the ancient ones. Myths, legends, folklore, maybe. If you believe what you read in the ancient and the holy text, then you know that it all centered around what we refer to as the MENA region, or the Middle East, North Africa region, the Mediterranean, folks. And today, I have a special guest joining me for this one. His name is Tarek Kadura. I hope I said that right. (laughs) To get this started, and rather than muddle it up, I will let him introduce himself and bring us up to speed on his history and his background before delving into the good stuff. Tarek, my friend, Habibi, welcome. What's
1: going
2: on, Scott? Thank you. Thank you so much. I want to say thank you so much for having me, brother. Oh. I love doing bo- podcasts, and you know the fact that you asked me to jump on this with you, man—it's it's awesome. It's an honor, brother. Thank you, I really appreciate it. I'm, I am bad when it comes to describing myself, so uh, it would be better if you ask questions along the way if I get stuck. Oh, well, I will. Uh, but a, a little a little background—I'll I'll, I'll dive right into it. A little background about myself: My name is Tarek. Uh, a lot of guys know me as Joey O'Connor. I got that name, actually, O'Connor, so we'll get to that story. <laughs> uh, it's pretty—it's fu- a pretty funny story. You, you, you would never believe it. But uh, I was born and raised in uh, UAE, a little town outside Abu Dhabi called Alain. Uh A lot of people have never heard of it. It's literally a small desert town. I was born and raised there for the first 13 years of my life. And then uh, my dad decided to move to the United States, you know, for a uh, better life for us. Uh, to go to college, et cetera, jobs, all that good stuff. We moved to the U.S. legally. It was a five- to seven-year process. It was a long process. So we moved to Houston and I was 13 years old. That was back in 2004. And uh, my dad was in the oil and gas business, and uh, it was an easy transition for him because Houston's a big hub for oil and gas. But for me, uh, it was hard, man, honestly. It was really hard. I had an accent. My English wasn't this good. I was like four foot ten in high school, <laughs> in a town called Sugarland, Texas. It's oh, like yeah. the suburb of Houston, and uh, it was a culture shock for me. Honestly, man, it was hard. High school was hard for me in the U.S.,
1: hmm.
2: uh, especially when I first got there. You know, a lot of people made fun of me because I sounded different, had an accent, I looked different, and uh, Sugarland is like a pretty like isolated town outside of Houston. Uh, it's diverse now, more than when I first moved there. But, uh, you know, I, I got picked on and all that crap, but I didn't really let it affect me. I think I did really good in high school. I actually graduated the youngest of my class my senior year. I was 16 years old. I was the youngest kid to graduate. Went wow. to Austin High School. It was, uh, it was, it was great, man. And uh, from there, my dad wanted me to go to college. And uh, he wanted me to be an accountant. And I was totally against the idea. I wanted to run away from home. (laughs) And I hated that. And I didn't want to work anything with numbers. I'm just not that kind of guy. But, you know, it comes back to the culture thing. If you're not an accountant, unfortunately, or a doctor or something like that in my culture, they don't really see you as, you know, following the tradition of the Middle East, you know. Uh, It's more of like a status thing, really. I personally don't believe in that crap, you know. But uh I, I listened to my dad. I went to college my first year. I studied accounting. I fucking hated it. I was miserable. And uh, I decided, what's the best way for me to get the fuck out of I can curse on here, right? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Just want sure. to make sure. I don't want us getting canceled, man, with all this shit going on nowadays. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. He said the word fuck. Let's cancel um. <laughs> But uh, uh, back to the story, uh, I, I was like, I'm, you know, I want to I serve my country. I love the U.S. You know, uh, they did a lot for my family. I want to thank George Bush. He's the one that approved my family immigrating hmm. uh, from UAE. So I always look at George Bush as like, I'm, I'm biased, but I look at him as one of my favorite presidents. Because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here, honestly. Huh. Uh, now, are we yeah, talking so. the
0: senior or the? I'm assuming the junior?
2: the junior yeah, yeah right okay junior, yeah.
1: right
0: because at
2: the time uh they were approving only certain families especially from like the saudi uh, gulf region after nine eleven, they weren't approving a lot of families immigrating to the u.s and and you know uh being scared of like terrorism or stuff stuff like that you know right but uh fortunately my family was approved and we came to the u.s and we were all able to get jobs and work and all that stuff so I'm always thankful for him signing on that. Um, but uh, back going back, I don't, I don't want to off track. Uh, sorry. Uh, so I was like, I want to, you know, I need to get away from my parents. And I don't want to study just accounting bullshit anymore after my first year. And then a friend of mine who was in the army at the time was like, hey, why don't you enlist? You know, it'll be a good way for you to serve your country. And you speak Arabic. And they happened to have the O9 Lima MOS at the time because of the war in Iraq. I don't think it's uh, there anymore. The army isn't using uh, actual army interpreters. They're using nationals now. So I gave it a thought and I was like, you know what? I want to enlist. I was still 17 at the time. went talk to a recruiter and my dad was, of course, against it. So without <laughs> a waiver of your parents' signature, you wouldn't be able to join. Huh. So I spent my 18th birthday, July 14, 2008. I spent my 18th birthday. That's how bad I wanted to go in. Hmm. Uh enlisting at MEPS in the US Army. Yeah, I spent my 18th birthday. I'll never forget it. <laughs> I was so fucking excited. It was awesome. <laughs> they told me you're gonna go to Fort Jackson. I was like, yeah, let's go, you know, all excited. <laughs> uh, so I end up going there. This is this is this is a, a lot of people usually have questions about my service. And I'm I'm honest, I'm completely honest. I never believed in, like, the stolen valor kind of shit where people pretend to be special forces and all that shit. So I'll be the first guy to admit about my service, right? So uh, (laughs) long story short, I got in trouble in the army, okay? I I didn't get this discharged. I have a general discharge. But towards the end of basic training, a guy called me a terrorist. And this was accumulating. It was another soldier. He, he kept taking m- on me and all that other shit. He was like from some small town in the middle, nowhere in the Midwest. He's never met like an Arab before in his life. And he wasn't accepting of a Middle Eastern guy hmm. serving or wearing an army uniform. This guy picked on me from like the beginning till the end. And one day I just said, fuck it. You know, I got mad. So uh, I grabbed my AR with the butt of the AR and I hit him in the face with it. And uh, <laughs> I got in fucking deep shit. Yeah, I got in deep shit because he wouldn't stop it. Thankfully, the captain was understanding, but they told me that I wasn't going to be able to stay in. Otherwise, I was going to have to fucking get dishonorably discharged for attacking another soldier and all that shit. Hmm. There was other things, too. After that, I went sour. They gave me a couple of chances, but I was not following orders. I just felt like I didn't belong. That specific guy made me feel like I didn't belong, and it was unfortunate, you know, because I got along with everyone else. Wow. So I kind of, yeah, I ended up just... uh agreeing that a general discharge i got out went home my parents were you know they were happy to, well they, i don't i wouldn't say they were happy to see me my dad was fucking pissed that i enlisted <laughs> and i kind of felt like i let myself down you know i didn't complete what i signed up for so six months goes by and i'm like you know what i can't do this fucking college bullshit there has to be another way and my friend, the same guy that told me to enlist was like, dude, they're hiring contractors and you already have the skills. You don't have to enlist. You just send a one-year contract and go try it out and see if you like it. And that's when my contracting fucking career started. Huh. Uh, found this company, small mom, mom and pop company based out of Florida. That was the first contract I ever did. They're like, we'll give you 70000 uh, to be a translator. Go to Iraq and I was like, Man, that's a lot of fucking money, you know. I'm only 19 years old, so seventy thousand was a lot. I was like, fuck it, I'll do it to go translate some shit. I don't know. I hadn't been to Iraq yet, you know, before that. So I don't know what the fuck I was signing up for at 19 years old. This is where shit fucking gets interesting. So I get there, first location is Camp Victory. I'm like, all right, this isn't so bad. You get fucking mortared the second day I was there. I was like, what the fuck is going on? What the fuck? It's like it hits you, you know? It just, it's a different world. It's hard to describe, but the guys i have been there know it, you know? You go yep. from, like, quiet to fucking complete chaos <laughs> in a matter of 24 hours, you know what I mean? It's crazy. But believe it or not, um, I think because of having lived in the Middle East uh, growing up, I uh, got comfortable pretty quick. Hmm. Like, it, shit didn't really bother me. I got fucking used to it. I got used to most of the shit. Uh, I was, uh, familiar with the culture, the food. So, uh, I got comfortable pretty quick and I liked it. I enjoyed being a fucking contractor. I didn't have to worry about my parents fucking telling me what not to do. I was making my own money, you know? Huh. Uh, I enjoyed it. I made a lot of friends. Uh, a lot of the guys respected me. The special forces guys loved me because, um, I was very fluent in English and Arabic. And at the time, a lot of the translators weren't as fluent as me in English.
0: Hmm. You know what I mean? So they had a hard time. So they were always, what's that? That's huge. Being able to to speak fluently in both languages. Yeah. You are right.
2: I mean, when I was there, I had generals asking for me, me little Tariq, you know, (laughs) hey, we need Tariq. He knows how to translate, he's the best translator we have over there so right. i was translating for like generals socum guys it was pretty cool and that's how i made a lot of my connections okay uh my first fucking time going overseas and from there on uh finished the year came back home and i decided between so from 2009 all the way to 2015 i was contracting off and on for different companies as a translator and then eventually i got the training and moved into also security so I was a personal protection specialist and interpreter. Wow! Uh, yeah, it was. It was. It went hand in hand. I liked it. Uh, I got into the security aspect of things. I enjoyed that more than translating. Translating does. <laughs> Even though it sounds pretty fucking cool, it does go old, get old pretty fucking. <laughs> I It's bet. like, what the fuck did this guy just say? He just cursed your mother. All right, well, tell <laughs> him to go fuck his dad. All right, man. <laughs> you, you know, it's just like back and forth, back and forth. You're literally just a translator. That's all you do. Your job there is fucking translate. But it was funny sometimes. You know, I had a lot of good memories teaching soldiers. You know, curse words in Arabic, and it was it was fucking funny, man. It was it was some good good times. Definitely. Uh, yeah, I contracted for six years off and on. And then, uh, I got tired, man. I was 25 and I was like, you know, maybe I need to sit my ass at home and fucking figure something else out. I was just getting worn out. You know, I was getting burnt out. Hmm. Uh, there was a high demand at the time for people who spoke Arabic. So I was constantly fucking turning and burning at the time, you know, and eventually my body just got burnt out, you know, and I was like, you know, uh, I want to do something similar to military. I I like the brotherhood. You know, right. and uh, I thought about law enforcement and I was like, why don't I fucking do it? You know, I became a citizen at that time during my contracting career. Uh, my whole family became all of us became citizens. So I was able to join law enforcement and I started my law enforcement career in uh, corrections for the state hmm. of Texas. Wow. Yeah, I, I was scared shitless, but I was like, you know what? I've been too <laughs> fucking Five deployments overseas. If th- if those ISIS motherfuckers didn't kill me, no inmate in the U.S. is gonna fucking kill me. <laughs> oh, I mean, right. Right. And, and, and believe it or not, they came in handy, man. A lot of those inmates. I worked at a mass- maximum security prison that's very well known, right outside of Houston, called Darrington. They called it uh, roland D because there was riots almost every fucking day, or CEOs getting stabbed. It's pretty bad. It's like we're huh. the worst of the world. You know. It's called Darrington prison man and uh over there you know the inmates my first day they're asking me all kinds of questions um i was uh, heavily tattooed at the time and they're like man you look like a military guy i was like well i was a contractor for five years they're like so you fucked ISIS this up you know blah 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 started sharing stories with them and shit and i actually gained a lot of those guys respect man i'm talking about huh. like them Mafia guys, man. no one fucked with me. Whatever line I was working that day, and I wasn't a big guy, I'm just a skinny dude. No one ever gave me a hard time or threatened me, man. It's like it was like a respect thing, mutual respect. Huh. And like, this guy don't fucking served this country. Uh he's a foreigner and he served the US. You know, they gave me a lot of respect, man. Uh uh, even like when new inmates would come, I have crazy stories, man, and they didn't know who I was, right? They tried to fight me on the yard. I had fucking like Mexican mafia and Aaron Brotherhood trying to back me up, telling them, huh. "Hey, you don't fuck with this guy. This CEO over here is off limits." It was huh. crazy, man. It was like I never thought I'd see myself in a law enforcement uniform getting backed by criminals. Right. But it was like a, it was like a respecting, you know. That's what it right. really was. It was more of a respecting. I learned a lot. It taught me a lot of discipline. Uh, and uh, I always credit my corrections career for, you know, uh, putting me on the right path in life. Cause when I came back from contracting, man, all I wanted to do was drink and party, you know, <laughs> I'm fucking 25. I wanted to live in Vegas, live the fucking high life. And, uh, I knew that it wouldn't have been good for me. Let's just put it that way. You know, I've seen a lot of guys go down that road and it's pretty fucking rough. I'm sure a lot of guys can relate. Wow. Uh, so I I always say the corrections saved my life, man. Uh, I did it for two years, and from there on out, uh, I don't know how, how many detail, how much details you want about my background, but if you want me to keep going, like 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 I have a long fucking background, man. People are yeah. like, man, <laughs> how many jobs have you had? I'm like, dude, I got bored a lot, and I wanted to fucking always gain some new tools to my toolbox, you know? And right, I like the challenge, you know. I never really wanted to stick to one thing. I always was looking for the next thing that can teach me and make me grow. That's just how I was always, even until now, man. Um, From corrections, what was my next job? Oh, from corrections, uh, uh, I got into counterterrorism, actually. I moved to Austin, and there was a company called Accenture. I don't know if you've heard of it. Accenture Federal Services. So they contract a lot with the federal government, and uh, they needed at the time an analyst, in Austin, Texas, that spoke Arabic, and this was in 2017. ISIS was recruiting a lot of Americans through fucking YouTube. Believe it or not, they were using wow. YouTube to recruit Americans. They were posting like propaganda videos, and in those propaganda videos, there were there was like subliminal messages on how on for people here in the U.S. how to get recruited what country to go to it was very fucking elaborate let me huh. tell you for like a bunch of fucking idiots that we believe came out of caves fucking <laughs> isis is pretty well organized man. they really are those, <laughs> those fuckers are smart i've met some fucking idiots but that's with anything you know, there's idiots everywhere but huh. the motherfuckers that were creating with those videos were very smart so they needed an analyst like me who's fluent in arabic familiar a little bit with isis from me contracting overseas to take down those videos and report them to the FBI because they were reaching a a lot of people here in the U S in six months of being an analyst. My performance was like, I want to say it was like 95% out of a hundred, which was like unheard of at the time. Uh, A lot of my coworkers were Iraqi former Iraqi special forces guys that Accenture recruited to the U S to work on this project. This was all confidential at the time. Like, it wasn't public. No one knew that YouTube was hiring all these fucking guys to come and analyze videos to defeat fucking ISIS. Because, I mean, it, just the sound of it, it sounds crazy. You know, using an American platform to recruit Americans to terrorism is fucking right. insane. Right. I mean, it happens on the dark web, but using it on a platform like YouTube was unheard of. And huh. these fuckers, they knew what they were doing, man. They were recruiting a lot of guys here in the U.S., they're going to Syria, Jordan, and Iraq, getting recruited by these guys. And the FBI got down there. And they're like, man, they're fucking using YouTube. They're posting fucking videos. Um, but yeah, my job. I back think I remember off. that.
0: I think I remember what you're talking about. And, but, they, and they still do it, don't they?
2: Yeah, they still, <laughs> they still fucking do it until now. Yeah. It's right. not as bad as before because we shut down the main lines of network for them. In uh, 2017, from 2017, to 2018, it was on fire, dude. They were recruiting a lot of Americans, but the government kept it on the low. The news wasn't fucking talking about it. It it was fucking crazy, man. Uh, Yeah, they were recruiting also like army veterans. There's there's fucking stories of army veterans joining ISIS, all kinds of people, doctors, engineers. And it was the easiest tool for them. You know, everyone watches fucking YouTube. And uh, they knew what to hashtag. You know, I can go into details, but they were fucking using certain hashtags to recruit these people. So someone would wow. type it in the search bar and they knew that this video was a first step to get you there. You know how I'm basically one-on-one on how to fucking get recruited. It was insane, man. Huh. Um, I went from an analyst after six months to a subject matter expert. So at that point, my job was to train all the new agents that Accenture was hiring at the time on different FTOs. Cause it would. So when ISIS started doing it, other foreign terrorist organizations started copying them and using the same tactic. Wow. They were copying one another. Huh. Yeah, so then you had like Hamas and all, and, uh, Al-Qaeda, all these different groups, they were copying ISIS and using YouTube also to recruit people. Interesting. So my job was to learn as much as I can about all these different FTOs and train these new agents on how to find out if that video was... Uh, fco related video or not? What to look for? Uh, it was pretty interesting, man. I really enjoyed that job. I did it for a year. Uh, I was an SME uh, for Accenture, and then uh, eventually I got just fucking tired of sitting behind a desk. I wanted to do something exciting. As I said before, I, I was always looking for the next like, thing, you know Right, right. I, back to what I was uh, talking about. Uh, you know, I wanted to make the transition from being in the office to going back on the field and uh, uh, wanted to continue contracting. And after that, you know, contract with uh, YouTube, uh, there was a company, small company, I think they're still operational, based out of Tennessee, but they also had an office in, uh, in Texas, in Austin, Texas. They were called uh, USC or PTS. They're very well known. They do air and land transports for uh, federal fugitives. So they're main contractors are U.S. Marshals. They contract these guys most of them are former law enforcement former military and they transport fugitives i'm talking from like it could be as low as one fugitive to 12 fugitives and they're like we do the transports in unmarked vans it was pretty cool but uh hmm. i found it interesting and ended up interviewing and i got hired and yeah. uh man i traveled all over the u.s it was fucking awesome i loved it <laughs> i got to meet all kinds of crazy evil from Petty theft criminals, all the way to fucking. I met a cannibal once and it was wanted by a guy that I transported. Yeah, I had a, I, let me talk, let me elaborate on that guy because that's one guy that always comes to mind when I was contracting for the Marshals. That guy was nuts. He was like six foot six, picked him up in like some random fucking uh, state. I want to say like Kentucky or Missouri or some shit like that. And as soon as I picked him up, he was quiet. He was just kind of like eyeing me up and down, and I was like, "Man, there's something off about this guy." So I go to his fucking jacket because we get like packets on each person that we pick up—a detailed history, background, charges, all that stuff—and it said he was fucking convicted of cannibalism. And I've wow. never met him ever before in my life this guy. So, was like, about-
0: like a Hannibal Lecter kind of guy.
2: Yeah, exactly like that. His demeanor and everything. I don't know if he was copying it, but he reminded me. That's the first thing I thought about. So I was wow. like, let me talk to him and get into his head. Because all we have is time. You're transporting these guys for hours at a time. Especially if you're going from, like, Cali all the way to New York. These trips can take weeks. Sometimes, you know, two, three weeks. Uh, I was like, let me talk to them. So sometimes I would just start conversations with them as I was driving, you know. It was me, my partner, a couple guys in the back. I separated him though. We had different uh, compartments in the van. It was pretty. It was pretty high speed. I liked it. I uh, put him by himself, and there was a mic so we can communicate with him. And it was video on these guys. So I was like, "Man, tell me your story." So as he's talking to me, all the other guys in the van are listening to the psychic guy. <laughs> so he starts talking about you know how he started with petty theft and. Then the crime started progressing, and then he found humans interesting, and he always had this fascination with fucking human flesh. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy's fucking nuts. Like, I've never had a conversation. (laughs) I've had conversations with terrorists, right? But I've never had conversations with a fucking cannibal. (laughs) It's crazy. It's hard to describe. How do you have a fucking regular conversation with a guy talking about eating fucking humans? It's nuts. It's not a regular conversation. So I'll let him talk. (laughs) <laughs> I don't I know what, how to, how to approach this conversation. So eventually he tells me, you know, yeah, I started fucking eating humans, but I was making sure I was killing them first. And I'm like, oh my God, like what the fuck? So I wanted to get into his mind. As fucked up as it was, I found it interesting because what drives a human being to do that kind of shit? There has to be some kind of trauma. I think In my, mm. He told me his dad abused him. His mom didn't care about him. He was a single, uh, lonely child. Uh, He just started, I guess, hating the world. And he had a fascination with, you know, uh, killing people. And then it progressed from just killing to eating them. And it was, who was it that he mentioned that he saw in a documentary and he was copying him? it was, the uh, what was the name of that guy?
0: Dahmer, Jeffrey
2: Dahmer. He was, bro, he was from your state. What's
0: his name? Oh, it wasn't Jeffrey Dahmer? It was somebody yeah. else? Uh, no, pretty. was it Dahmer from Washington? I could have swore he was... Um, swore, like, the only person I can think of offhand from Washington State that w- that made the news, and I don't remember his name, but the, what they called the Green River Killer, that's the okay. one I remember. But I okay. think Jeffrey Dahmer is the one that comes to mind that was the most recent um he he was the most recent person he might have been from washington state man. i just don't remember i that dude was i mean just what you're talking about people that do that that shit is some sick twisted stuff and (laughs) so i just you know it's like okay another one of these freaks you know give him the electric chair fry him give him what he what he deserves you know that's that that was that was my thought but um i didn't want i didn't want the details just like when you, my wife and other people, they see shit, uh, whether it's a video online or something in the news about death and gore. And it's like I've seen all that. I don't know. I don't want to fucking see that again. I don't yeah, yeah. like to see blood. I don't like to see carnage. OK, I still don't. Yeah. It just, you know, I'm just saying it's like, why? <laughs> I mean, if it happens, it yeah, happens. But yeah. you but and they're going, yeah. wow, look at that. I'm going, you think that's great? <laughs> Okay, wait till you see it for real, okay? <laughs> when you yeah, see it for real.
2: Completely different, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get it, man. I, I'm I sorry, never, I went I off, but like,
0: that, that's why I didn't I, pay attention to the Jeffrey Dahmer thing.
2: Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. Now, I, I was familiar with his name. So when I was transporting the guy, it was in 2018, so it was like four years ago. Uh, And Jeffrey Dahmer, I think, was like going viral now on Netflix and... There was documentaries about him, you know. So the guy was copying basically, copying him, basically. Huh. Uh, anyways, long story short, uh, he, this fucking guy, we're halfway through the trip. I'm driving at like 3 in the morning, and my partner's in the bunk. We had bunks in these vans. And it, there was a metal sheet, basically separating us from the fugitives. It was, it was thick, but it wasn't thick enough for me to feel safe from a crazy motherfucker like that, <laughs> right. I don't think there's anything I'm thick that. enough, right?
1: <laughs> it was, it was
2: fucking, I'm like, what the fuck, the FBI didn't want to pick him up, so they hired contractors to pick this fucking guy up and transport <laughs> him across. I was so mad the whole time. So this guy, I'm like, Man, well, I'm that ought, ought
0: to, to tell you this. something right there, right? What's that? That should tell you everything you need to know. They don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> They'll fucking take credit. Oh, you know,
2: a uh, guy arrested at warned. Apprehended by the FBI and our vigilant agents, fucking transported them, and now we have in custody. We never got mentioned as a contractor, <laughs> right? This fucking the guy for a whole fucking week, listening to his crazy shit and feeding him. We were responsible for deep feeding these guys as well, man, because huh. we we're transporting them for long periods of time. So, long story short, uh, I don't want to go into too many details. This guy, I'm driving at three in the fucking morning. I see him on camera awake, looking at the camera, his eyes fucking glaring at me. You know, we had a, a little, like, uh. monitor front where when we were driving. And I was like, what's going on, man? You can't get any sleep? He's like, I'm hungry. I'm like, we already fed you. And I'm like, oh, my God. I already know where this is fucking going. He's <laughs> like, no, I'm hungry for fucking human flesh. I'm like, I'm like, dude, you're being recorded. Don't talk about that shit. It was fine when you were talking about what we're well, in trouble for, but now you're fucking asking for it. Don't go there, because these are some charges that you can be fucking charged with, especially if we're transporting them across several states. He'll pick up a charge in each state. That's how it works. Wow. Yes, guys can get really fucked. I was like, look, I'll tell you what I'll do. (laughs) Don't talk about it, and I'll give you whatever you think is the closest thing that tastes." to this. Now I'm going down the rabbit hole, right? (laughs) I'm like, because I have to shut this guy up. Obviously, fucking... McDonald's isn't doing it for him. You know I mean? <laughs> McDonald's burger King, Taco, he's like, I want a pepperoni pizza from fucking Caesars. This is exactly what he told me. I was like, all right, I'll get you a fucking so I'm guessing, I'm thinking in my head, I guess you know, pig is a close what I from what I heard is it the closest thing huh. that takes humans. That's what I've heard. So as soon as fucking Caesars opens the next morning, I'm making an admission. I'm like, the next fucking town we hit. I'm fucking hitting a Caesar's pizza, and I'm giving this motherfucker a pepperonis pizza because I don't want him fucking getting out of those cuffs and eating all of us. You hear all kinds of shit that happens like that, you know. I give him the fucking pepperonis pizza, and he's the happiest guy, dude, ever. Never mentions it again. So, like, huh. back, as fucked up as it sounded, it was it was funny to me that I satisfied a fucking cannibal. <laughs> With a fucking pepperoni's pizza, you know, like, it's a fucking crazy <laughs> story. Dude. Who fucking goes through something like that? My partner was scared the whole time, too. He didn't get any sleep that night. I, I told him, I was like, this guy's saying he's fucking hungry. <laughs> you know what? Oh, but shit. we kept them happy with pepperoni's pizza every town till we fucking got him to the, uh, where he was getting sent at. It was some other state, I want to say. Uh either Texas or, like, Louisiana or something. He was wanted some, somewhere there. But uh, it wasn't It wasn't a long ride, thank God. And uh, he, he was pleased. And uh, when I uncuffed him, I told the guys, I was like, hey, man, the guys at the jail, I'm like, if you don't want any problems from him, fucking feed him pepperoni pizza. Tell the fucking <laughs> chef to prepare, <laughs> bath, prepare this bastard a pepperoni pizza. That way you're not fucking eating other inmates. And keep him alone by himself but man it was crazy it was it was definitely fu- one of the craziest guys i've ever transported uh i did that job for like a year and a half man i enjoyed it got to travel i was single at the time and uh that's when i started thinking about getting married i, I, I never wanted to get married through my whole contracting career but i was starting to get lonely when i was huh. 28 i was getting lonely i got tired of all the fucking college chicks i was banging you know in austin on sixth street that was my thing you know every time i'd come back from a trip transported guys I'd hit up sixth street that's where all the bars are all the college <laughs> shit. it got old pretty quick and uh ended up falling in love uh with one of my agents from the counterterrorism project for for, for youtube dude she really? was one of my and i've always been like you don't shit where you eat you know what i mean right but I, 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 I was attracted to her. We fell in love. We ended up moving to Vegas together. Uh, and we got married out here. It's been three years now. Our three-year anniversary is actually on the 31st. So it's coming up huh. pretty fun, soon, man. Yeah. Uh, moved here. Got married. Uh, we both ended up working for Child Protective Services. Uh, huh. I wanted to do something to help, for, help kids, you know. That was my, like, next goal, you know. I, I, I did the... I did that thing and then I was like you know what I want to focus on helping kids (laughs) because you know kids are really I think like I look at all the cool shit I've done in my life but the the most honorable to me and the most thing that mattered to me wasn't catching guys with drugs or putting them in jail or any of that stuff it was helping kids it made a big impact in me I really feel felt fulfilled um uh, you know, I, of- I
0: hear that a lot from guys that, that do that i hear that a lot
2: yeah man I, I, I i'm always i'm always uh until now even like you know uh two years later i still think about the kids all the time and a lot of the contracts now that i i try to pick up if they're available are for like anti trafficking, ch- anti-child trafficking huh uh after cps i wanted to take it a next step because with cps you're not law enforcement in nevada in Texas, you are. You carry a badge and a gun. You can actually arrest criminals. Here, it's kind of liberal. You know what I mean? <laughs> it hasn't made it fully liberal to California, but it's its on the way there. So, wow. as a CPS, uh, uh, CPS worker, you're considered a social worker, so you're limited on what you can do to the people abusing and trafficking kids and shit. You know? So, at the time, I was like... I told my wife, I was like, look, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm helping these kids, but the bad guys are getting away with it. They are, because they're not being charged criminally. They're being charged civilly, as fucked up as it is. Law huh. enforcement get involved and investigate the crime, and there had to be enough evidence for the person to be prosecuted. Welcome to liberal states. That's how it works, man. It's fucked up. Huh. In Texas, you see a mark on a kid, or the kid tells you he's being trafficked. Those guys are instantly arrested here. There has to be circumstantial evidence and months of fucking investigation. They let it's done on purpose to let these motherfuckers get away with it. And I'll tell you that it's coming. to me a guy that's seen it. The system is fucked in liberal states, especially like Nevada, California, Oregon, these kind of states, you know. Uh, So I told my wife, I was like, you know, I want to take it. I want to take it up a notch. And uh, at the time, ICE was hiring contractors. And this was under Trump. So Trump was fucking using ICE the correct way, in my opinion. And they were picking up all the child traffickers and pedophiles, the illegal ones, here in Nevada, picking them up and fucking deporting them and charging them criminal. So I was like, man, I want a contract for ICE. Let me do that. I liked it. I enjoyed it. We were fucking taking down people, deporting them constantly. I was, I was attached to the ERO, Enforcement and Removal Operations. So I wasn't an uh, ICE agent. I was an ICE contractor. So I assisted the agents with the deportation process, basically, and securing the illegals. Uh, it was an interesting interesting process to see what Trump was doing and how he was fighting. He was actually fighting child trafficking, man. He, huh. Uh, he was a president that I've been over the years actually take the fight to the fucking cartel man he was that guy you know and i saw firsthand i was down at the border we're fucking transporting uh i would say when i first started it was like 300 illegal criminals not just illegals illegal criminals that were charged with either pedophilia or child trafficking 300 criminals a week were deporting them on planes weekly
1: holy here in
2: nevada that's a big that's a lot of uh, that's a lot However, it all goes to shit. When the new president takes over, Right, he starts putting on ice and law enforcement could no longer honor detainers. So they can't so if they pull if let's say a metro officer pulled over uh, uh an illegal alien wanted an ice detainer for child trafficking, law enforcement was no longer uh liable for holding these guys till we come and get them. They were letting them go. This was under Biden, man. I they were remember. letting these so he was putting a hold on ice. He was forced retiring, forced early retiring. A lot of the ice agents, huh. he was doing everything good to minimize what ice was doing, you know? And I was like, man, you know, this isn't going to work for me. I can't just fucking sit around the office while kids are being fucking trafficked. So I ended up fucking leaving the ice contract. I couldn't do it, even though it paid really well. Uh, I was like unemployed for like, I want to say four or five months. And then uh, a company, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, called MVM, uh, came in the light. I Wait, saw did you say article. MVM? B-M. Yeah, they're actually
0: well-known. Yeah, See, I, I know MVM. Yep, yep. Yeah, you know who they are.
2: Yep, yep. Uh, so Biden uh, was getting a lot of heat from Congress about the shit going on in the Republicans, you know, with traffickers and shit. And... Uh, People, especially civilians, wanted to see something done about this problem because it was, it was going, it, it was like a huge problem when he opened up the borders. This was in uh, early 2021, so last year. Huh. During the pandemic, mainly, and in early 2021, because trafficking was horrible during that time. The cartel were bringing fucking kids in left and right, dude. So he signs a contract, the Biden administration signs a contract with MVM to start transporting recovered children that have been trafficked. there This this wasn't on the news in the beginning, but it, now you can Google it. You'll see Biden administration showering millions on the company called MVM. Huh. Uh, they were hiring a site supervisor. And I was like, you know, I want to jump on this. I want to help those trafficked kids. I can directly see them and work with these guys, you know. And uh, they sent me to San Diego. Uh, this is all public now at the time when we were going through it. No one even fucking knew where we were operating. I mean, uh we were fucking renting out, and I can talk about it now because it's public. We were renting out entire hotels, bro, like wow. Hilton and and Marriotts, and putting kids in them.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah, putting kids in them because they were wanted. They the cartel wanted these kids back. I'll bet. So we were hiding them and transporting them, and what we were doing, was Homeland Security was doing, was screening relatives here in the U.S. that were able. To take these kids into custody, you know what I mean? At least mm. temporarily, until they you go through the legal legal process. Because mm. we knew that these kids, if we sent them back to Mexico or all these South American companies, uh, America, uh, South American countries that they came from, it was mm. going to be bad. We already knew right. it. You know how the cartels. Um. Anyway, so no, was-
0: these the same cartels that do that that, that everybody claims to know about in terms of drugs i mean they're the same same people but they've got their fingers in in all these different things right yeah yeah okay
2: hard tell us. yes okay there's there's two top dogs i don't want to mention because i don't know who could be watching this podcast and i don't want my head <laughs> <back off>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i get you i it's get so you. you
2: know I'm just i don't want to get into too many details about that right and the job was securing these kids and low prof low profile transport of un- unaccompanied minors across the US. That was a okay. job title, you know. It was in civilian clothes, unarmed. We had the packets of these kids, three to four kids. Who we're sending mostly former military, former law enforcement, women and guys to transport these kids across the US back to secure homes with secure mm. families. Mm. And this was happening all over the U.S., but my assignment was in San Diego. And mm-hmm. uh, I had three months to secure 1,500 trafficked kids back to their families here in the U.S. Three months. That's what the U.S. federal government gave me because I was a site supervisor. Uh, and I, I want to add, too, I like bragging about what I did over there because I was the youngest site supervisor. All the other guys were like from Department of State, DEA, FBI, I was 31 years old, contracting with MVM, responsible for 1,500 trafficked kids, man, huh. making sure they went back home safely. And I wow. took great pride in that. I was talking to guys from the White House, uh, leaders from the White House, federal government. Uh, everyone had, everyone was all hands on deck about this, you know. Huh. It's happening all over the U.S., different states, especially in like uh, Texas, El Paso was one of them, Arizona. And, man, I, I, long story short, I got that job done, man. In three months, all those 1,500 kids that they secured, they went back safely with no oh. incidents. We didn't have any any problems at all, man. And uh, I got a commendation letter also from the White House. Huh. I wasn't too happy. Cabella Harris wanted to come and meet me and all this. <laughs> We're supposed to take pictures. I just shook her hand, and I was like, you know, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, it's it's. it's uh, it's what I wanted to do. I wanted to help kids, you know, and that was about it. I refused the photo, you know. That's that's just me. <laughs> Everyone else took a picture. I didn't give a shit about it.
0: That's funny. Uh,
1: yeah,
2: I was I wasn't there for to take pictures with the governor of California and Kamala Harris and all that shit. I was there for the kids, you know.
1: <laughs> right. Once the mission
2: right. was over, I packed my bags and I fucking came back home to Vegas, man. And uh, uh, it was it was a it was a great mission and. But unfortunately, uh, they say until now that they're still doing it, but it's not like how it was last year. I think Biden did it. This is just my opinion to make it look like he was actually doing something about it. You get right. what I mean? Yeah. He's I do. not fighting it right now. Like he was last year during the pandemic. Now it's like, you don't hear shit about it. It's open borders. Everyone's fucking coming in. Yep. You don't hear like anything going on and uh, There's, uh, I mean, from my opinion, it's probably worse now, but it's not covered by the media.
0: Right. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. uh, I say interesting because I can't think of a better word, but it seems like uh, earlier, like uh, uh, approximately one week ago. So approximately seven days ago, I was working a short term project over in a uh, port city near, near my neighborhood. Okay. Okay. You know, I was talking with one of the port police guys there, um, and I noticed some CBP vehicles out there morning and night, and I yeah. said, what's up with that? And that started a yeah. conversation, yeah. and he didn't go into any great detail, but the stuff he told me is like, he said, basically what he said is that you would be absolutely amazed to know the amount of drugs and human trafficking that come yeah. through the smaller ports like this. <laughs> yeah. I said, get yeah. out of here. He goes, no. Yeah. He said, all these piers and, you know, that whole area, he goes yeah. from from Canada all the way down. We see them come down on the Sea-Dews. He, yeah. he said, and yeah. all this cargo and freight, even like on all these big private boats, some of yeah. them are not so big. I said, yeah. get out. He goes, I guarantee you got some right over there that we're looking at. I said, what? <laughs> he's, yeah. I he's, believe. Yeah, and I was just, and and, like I said, he didn't go into a lot of great detail, but he told me enough that, that, I mean, it was an eye-opener. And then you read stuff like what you're talking about and what Craig Sawyer and other guys are talking about, and you start to realize, and then you start hearing stories, I mean, even in my hometown, I mean, uh, you know, (laughs) uh, when I was talking with that cop, I said, you know, you know i said stereotypes aside in in redneck hicksville where i live <laughs> yeah. i said i said that stuff from what i hear is still fairly prevalent he goes yeah, yeah? yeah. he says all these cities out here i said you know and i guess what what really confounds me is that if you're not in a state of denial if you really are listening and looking to what these people are showing you and and saying yeah you you are almost overwhelmed when you start to realize just how pervasive this stuff is. Yeah, yeah. And and it's like, and, and so when you look at what you were talking about, the policies that the president, yeah, whether he's a puppet yeah. president or not, I'm, those policies directly impact what we're seeing and what we're hearing yeah. and talking about. hundred I mean, percent. And this and this is this is human emotional psychological trauma that can never it, it never heals it never goes away.
2: <clears yeah. <clears <throat> right. Yeah. I mean, the most most of those kids, man, they were being in San Diego. I can speak for San Diego. I don't know about the other states because uh, I didn't uh, I didn't work for MBM in any of the other cities. But I know in San Diego they were using the ports, like you just said, they were using freaking submarines, man-made submarines with kids in them. On the port, so the San Diego Port Police was arresting cartel at night from three wee hours in the night, three, four in the morning. This is never on the news, by the way. It's because I believe the powers that be don't want it going out there. But this shit was happening because I was talking to cops out there and they were telling me the ports, kids were showing up in freaking man made submarines and CDP was there also, customs, and they're arresting cartel members. As vacationers and tours are walking by, it's insane wow. in a city in a beautiful city, <laughs> San Diego. Kids were being fucking trafficked, man. Right. And of course, they were going to up uh, Tijuana too. You know, Tijuana's right there, so a lot of them were being trafficked through there. But uh it was it was open borders. As many as we were saving, there was twice as much being trafficked. I mean, at what point do you say enough is enough and do something about it i mean i don't see him fucking doing i don't see the, the president right now or, uh, the powers that be honestly doing anything about it dude right I no they're not if anything i mean good luck to the next president you're gonna have to clean up a lot of shit in my opinion oh yeah fucking shit show it really is well
0: it, it and it's despicable and it's shameful and let me ask you a, a question that that when it's been in the news I've it through various sources that Saudi Arabia, and I'm sure they're not the only country refuses to take Biden's phone calls. So let me ask you, is it, is it a peculiar thing to the Arab culture or, are other countries also saying, you know what, this guy is a sick depraved fucking Epstein Island was just a proverbial tip on the iceberg and we don't want any part of it. I mean, from yeah. your perspective, I mean, can you speak to that? I mean, I mean, yeah. wh- I, mean
2: I I could tell then. personally, I can tell when I can speak for Saudi and UAE because I grew up in that region. These guys now I could before they were, they loved Trump. I mean, Trump was there almost every, every month he was in Saudi Arabia, making deals and UAE
1: huh.
2: during his presidency. Trump was probably the most person to ever visit Saudi Arabia and UAE. The dude was going everywhere. With Biden, those countries want honestly nothing to do with him, man. And we're seeing them slowly now separate themselves from the U.S. because of who we have in office. And it's very unfortunate. And the reason for that is they don't respect him. How are they going to respect the man that's allowing this to happen to their country? Right. They're not. I mean, the shit that's happening, man, It's he's turning his back on American citizens and allowing all this shit to happen and open borders and you know criminals are running wild look at what cities like chicago and minneapolis and where i'm at right now where i contract currently in oakland it's a fucking war zone man i've never been in a city in the u.s where i'm standing outside hear gunshots all freaking day from the moment i start duty till the end and it doesn't stop it's like a 24-7 thing it's insane and he can't tell me that he doesn't know that it's happening he knows it happens in these cities
0: well, he gets a daily them, briefing, so he's got to know. Yeah,
2: exactly. But he's allowing it to happen, and it's fucked up. How can you respect a man that allows people to get murdered and fucking killed, and, you know, uh, the homeless population is has doubled since he's taken over? Uh, I mean, it's just crazy, man. And he's focusing—I'm biased, but he, I don't think he should be focused on Ukraine and sending $40 billion <laughs> to a country that— <clears throat> Let me tell you, those guys never asked about us before all right i'll be honest the media in the u.s pushes a lot of fucking propaganda this is coming from an arab okay so i'm in the middle i'm not like saying you know fuck ukraine or fuck russia or anything like that i'm in the middle these guys never cared about us but now that because biden has some foreign interests and we know that yep. his his beloved son in ukraine they have investments there they want to fucking send all this money and start defending this country now that they care. What about our borders? What right. about the people who are homeless? I mean, I think it's fucking crazy, man. It really it is. is. And we're not the only ones that see it. Back to your question, Saudi Arabia and UAE see it. They're like, this guy is fucking sending billions of dollars, and we're already in debt to begin with to help other countries instead of help spending that money to help help, help us. Right. We need and. You turn on the news every day. Look look at what's fucking happening. All the homeless veterans, all the homeless people in general, yep. the drugs get passed out. I went to San Francisco two weeks ago. They're fucking passing out needles to drug addicts on the side of the streets to shoot heroin. Wow. This is not the country I immigrated to in 2004, man. What the oh. fuck has happened? We went wrong some, somewhere. We
0: really we did. did. We did. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> well, you know, I think um a guy that i knew uh that uh i i worked for his company on on several projects um over the course of years uh when he had fema stuff going on and right. um i think it was he because i've heard other people say the same thing but i remember he said you know scott and he retired as a colonel he says i spent most of my entire professional career uh i think he was in the air force uh, yeah uh he said overseas deployed you know serving our country taking care of america protecting it defending it yada 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 he goes i come home and i forget it was probably around 2015 something like that about this time that i hung it up and uh he said and i looked around i said what the fuck happened to my country and he said and 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 in that discussion it it was like so while the cats were away the rats played yeah And, and and so i think what happened is that so many of us went over there and, yeah. and we got just so fat that, and with that mission creep for the, yeah. on the liberal side, yeah. they started passing all these things. And by the time everybody started coming home, we went, yeah. whoa, what? Yeah. So, you know, um, I mean, I, I, I don't know what the answer is, man. I, I don't know what the answer is, but I, I, you know, I think it's, it's tremendous, I've said this to a number of guys that I've met, (laughs) that if you want to know how good it is here in America or how good it was and how good it could be again, I said, don't take my word for it. I said, talk to somebody that emigrated to America, went through the legal process to become an American citizen. I said, take their word for it. They'll tell you how good it is here in America. I said, all these self entitled, spoiled people that came up, yeah. born and raised in America, that were not shown and taught. This is why America is special. Yeah, okay? yeah. Um, because if we lose America, and I'm, I think you would agree. I've heard this from other people around the world as well. That if we lose, if America loses this, this battle that we're in, we're in a war, Culture war, whatever you want to call it. If we lose this, the rest of the world is fucked.
2: Yes, a hundred percent. Yes, it would be fucking, it really would. It would be total fucking chaos. Uh, I think America is the great equalizer, you know what I mean? If America didn't exist, the whole world would be in shambles, honestly, then. It would be. I think the only reason Russia isn't attacking Ukraine, honestly, right now, is because the U.S. exists. But well, that's just would fine. Be. Now, if what? the U.S. didn't exist, Yeah. I think Russia and China would have fucking tried to take over
0: whatever country they wanted. Oh, well, they are trying. I mean, you know, and, and they'll and they'll succeed if Biden remains in office. They'll they'll succeed. Yeah. yeah. They will. I agree. Especially I mean, without, you know, with these yeah, trillions of dollars that we've spent, you know, talking about, you know, why isn't this money spent on America first? Why aren't we taking care of our people first? And I don't mean what you're. And and you don't mean it either, but I don't mean like giving them drugs and, and, and giving them all this shit and and giving all these illegals, you know, free rent, free cars, free phones. He is doing
2: that. I've seen it firsthand in Oakland, California, because they have a lot of illegals and a lot of, you know, minorities and the unemployment rate is through the roof. And I asked them like, how do you guys live? Oh, we get government checks. I'm like. What kind of government checks? They're like, yeah, we just get government checks, especially because we live in California. We get checks. And they live off of that for years, man. And it's uh-huh. a Biden administration. It wasn't like that under Trump.
1: Yeah. No,
2: there's jobs, but no one wants to go back to work because he's all constantly giving fucking handouts.
0: Right? Yeah, why would you? So with these trillions of dollars, the, the two bills that they passed in Congress, that, yeah. uh, and one of them, the bullshit infrastructure thing, yeah. you know? I mean... Uh, we've, we've heard many documented cases that roughly only 10% of that infrastructure went towards infrastructure. And I don't know about you, my friend, but when I drive around the roads, I'm thinking, where's the infrastructure? <laughs> I'm just like, where the, you know, 1.7, 2.5 trillion? I was like, where did it go? It, you know, who got it? You know, what did they do with it? So the same thing that we're spending $80 billion in Ukraine, and don't get me wrong, I, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, I never like to see people suffer needless, yeah. needlessly like that. No, but still, yeah. it's like, it, it, you know, it's not like Russia is invading Europe. It's not like they're saying yeah, well, exactly. we're going to do that. Exactly. It's like, you know, let them take care of it. You know, yeah. if, you, yeah. if you if you if you, you know, just it's that 80 billion dollars. Imagine what that could have done if it were properly spent in America. Dude, dude 80
2: billion dollars. Yeah, it would have helped drastically. And we need it. That's the thing. It's not like we don't need it. This country needs funding, man. He should have spent that money on us, you know. But I think it's only going to get worse from here, man, Uh, the way I see it, before he gets better. I don't think it's going to get any better. He's always promising it's going to get fucking better, but I don't see it getting better under him, to be honest.
0: Well, let me ask you, because uh, a lot of people are saying, well, let's see what happens with 2022, you know, the midterms. Everybody's talking about midterms. You know, everybody's always so distracted. Everybody wants to talk. Everybody wants to play nice. They want the system to fix it. It's like the system is rigged and it's broke. Are you fucking kidding me? The system is not going to fix it. Okay. So what are you going to do if in 2022, if there's not a big red wave and we don't flip that? I mean, so where it's obvious that that Republicans have control and we got rid of most, because I don't think we'll get rid of all of them, but most of the rhinos. Okay. I said, what are you going to do if that doesn't happen? Okay. Or if it does, but come twenty twenty four we get another Democrat or Biden gets re reelected, quote unquote. You know? Yeah. I said, now what are you gonna do? Okay? I said at what point are you gonna stop talking about this and do hey, something? Geez. Fight fire yeah. with fire. No, I'm not talking about yeah. going out in the streets and shooting people unless they shoot at you first, but demonstrate and protest like they did. You know, yeah. go to the governor's yeah. mansion, go to the mayor's office, you know, protest out there, you know, yeah. visibly let them know, hey, we're done with this. We're sick and tired of it, you know, because yeah. up until yeah. the 20th century, and I, um, I know in your world where you come from that it's something similar, but up until the 20th century here in America, if politicians became as crooked and corrupt as they are now, we ran them out of office. We literally yeah. ran them out of office. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah yeah it's only it's only this 20th century thing where we started to be quote-unquote civil about it and go through the process it's like you spend years and and countless millions and nothing ever happens
2: nothing ever happens yeah that's true that's very true then and it's sad it's sad to see this uh especially me because i wasn't born here but uh, i came at a time where things were were good you know and now seeing it it's completely different than from when I first got here in 2004. It, it's, I sometimes feel like I'm living in a different country. <laughs> I, I really wake up and I'm like, am I still in the U.S.? am like, yeah. oh, in the U.S. What the fuck is going on, man? <laughs> I'm like, I'm in some other country. There's no way this is happening. It's right. like mind-boggling. It really is. I never really see the U.S. in this state that it's in now. Never in a million years. Right. So, uh but definitely something has to be done, man, uh, especially before it gets too late. Because I think if, if it continues down this the way we're going right now, I think the United States, man, might just never recover, to be honest, right. man. I hate to say it, but I don't see it ever recovering because we're just getting worse and worse every day with right. this going on. I mean, look at the
0: fucking mass shootings, too. Uh, well, that's another thing. Gun control, uh, you know, and I say that in quotations, because gun control is bullshit, okay? Yeah, yeah. There there is, you know, and I'm sick and tired of hearing centrists and people on the left side of the fence talk about gun control, you know, (laughs) get a hold of yourselves, man, you know, it's got nothing to do with it, and it has to do with civil control, you know, people, you know, it... (sighs) There are places around this world where if you know you're armed, if everybody knows that if everybody thinks everybody's armed, there's less likelihood anything's going to happen. Yes. Right. And I remember and you probably experienced the same thing overseas. Everybody's carrying a weapon or multiple weapons. Right. So that right there and the bad guys know this. Yeah. And so if you portray yourself. And look like and act like a hard target, what are they going to do? <laughs> They're going to go somewhere else, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay? Exactly. If we went over there and they said, hey, you know what? We want to take the soft approach. We don't want to scare anybody. We don't want to rankle any feathers. So we're going to do this gun control thing. So while you're over here, while you're working, we're going to take your guns away, okay? <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> right?
2: Yeah, ISIS would celebrate at that point. They right? really would. Yeah, well, fucking bad guys always win. You take the if you take the guns away, the bad guys will always fucking win.
0: Well, and, and what are they? And you talked about Oakland. Okay, so all the shooting that you're talking about, I mean, that's all the bad guys. That's all the criminals, right? Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. shooting at each other. They're shooting at people like you and me. Right. Yes. They're, I mean, they're having a field day. That you know, they must go home at the end of the day and say, "Whoo!" You know, their head is swirling because they had such a good time. You know, yeah. and yeah. let's get up and do it again tomorrow, man. Let's go break into maces and get some more shit. <laughs>
2: yeah. it happens every single day, and I mean, it, it's fucking crazy because I'm seeing these guys when I'm on duty. They're fucking walking around with AKs. I'm like. This isn't fucking Iraq. These motherfuckers are walking around with AKs. Wow, I've never seen it in a U.S. city in my life.
0: Ever. So you're out there doing your contracted work. You're getting paid to do what you're what you're getting paid to do, and you're seeing these these criminals walking around brazenly in broad daylight with AK-47s, ARs, every, everything you can think of,
2: sawed-off shotguns, ski masks, in broad fucking daylight. As the cops pass by, and they're not being fucking apprehended. But of course, if you if you, if you tell an Oakland police officer that, they're going to be like, no, 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 we're arresting people, we're after it. They don't tell you that they're 50% short-staffed right now. This is a, a, a statistic. They're 50% short-staffed, and they're too scared because gang leaders have taken over the, the Oakland hoods. That's what they all are. You know, It's a combination of different hoods. And the cartel, the Sinaloa cartel, is operating there, they're taking advantage because they're like, oh, well, we can use gang members to fucking sell drugs. And at the same time, we're not going to get bothered by law enforcement. It's like the fucking Wild West. Dude, I was standing out there one time and I snapped that picture and I posted it on LinkedIn. Uh, it, I was standing outside and it, there was a fucking grocery store like down, down the block. And cars, multiple cars pull up and it's fucking cartel and full ski mass, machine guns. Protecting a fucking one of their guys. I don't know who he was, but he was the only one with no scheme mask. They're buying out this fucking grocery store and giving out, giving it, giving groceries out to the people that live in the hood. And I guess it's their way of, you know, this is like hush, hush, you hush, you money, you know, or hush. Huh. you. Grocery. We're taking care of these people. They're going to look the other way. And it, it's a cycle, man. I see. I've seen these guys since I've been out there, like almost every single fucking Sunday, and what shocks me is Oakland police fucking drives by, and they don't do anything. Wow, I mean, imagine that happening in fucking Texas. <laughs> it would be a shootout, man. It would be a fucking shootout, one hundred percent. Guys with ski masks and AKs right. in the fucking US—that's insane. Right, and they happen, and the news never covers it. The news never covers this shit. I mean, there's people getting fucking murdered every day, and that's about it, what they what they cover. You know, gang member gets shot by another gang member. That's it. They don't tell you about the fucking huge operations that the Sinaloa is running out there. And the gang member, the huge gang wars that are going on on the streets of Oakland every night. I mean, I saw a guy, this was last week, at the Call the Cops. He was filling up gas at a gas station. A drive by, they pop the door open, shoot him six fucking times. Six fucking times, dude. And they drive off. And all the civilians are walking around minding their own business. No one's freaking out. No one's calling nine one one because they're so fucking used to it. Wow. I was standing there. I've been. I've been. I've been overseas five times, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Like I was freaking out. No wow. one fucking doing anything. This guy just got fucking murdered at this gas station. Wow. They're so going about their way. I call nine one one, and they fucking take their time. That's the other thing. You call them. Even if it's a shootout, they will take their time to show up. And I think they're doing it on purpose. They're thinking this is their way for the gang members to fucking just rid of themselves. They don't want to deal with it anymore, dude. They're fucking burnt out. They're short-staffed. They're constantly getting harassed. They're getting shot at. I saw a cop, a rookie. He looked like a rookie. Get out of a CVS with a gang member leaning on his vehicle, on the cop's vehicle, right? While the cop was, was, was shopping. The cop sh- get, gets out of CDS. He sees this gang number fucking leaning up. I didn't see if he had a weapon, but most likely he did. The cop was too scared into getting, in his own, getting into his own vehicle. He calls for fucking backup. I've never seen this in my life. You know? wow. It's like a different planet. He calls for backup and all of them are too scared to do their job and tase the guy. They're telling him politely, please get off the police officer's vehicle. Please. He's wow. just trying to in there, I'm like, dude, what the fuck? I, <laughs> right. I was wow. like, fucking, pull out your taser and taste this right? Fuck. They're too oh. scared to do their job. It's wow. fucking sad, man. It really is, and it pisses me off. The cops are too scared to do their job right. because also, if they did something, their higher ups in liberal Oakland would fucking, you know, rip them a new asshole they would be all over the news. Target, you know, police officer targeting, targeting, uh. Uh, innocent African American or they pull at some some bullshit like that right you know this is what the world's come to. I'm glad that I'm there and getting it to see it for my for myself and I get to talk about it that's what's awesome is I'm seeing it and I'm able to talk about it and it's I thing it should be talked about because it's unacceptable man right it, it may be Oakland but it's the United States of america you know
0: well it, sure. it is. It, It is. And if it's happening there, then we know that once they get a foothold, it's only a matter of time before they branch out. And they have branched out because it's not just Oakland. I mean, Oakland might be the worst of it, but probably every major city has something same or similar going on. But again, it's not being reported or talked about because the governors and the mayors are downplaying it and and, and saying, shush, nothing to see here. Don't worry about it. Hey, did you see this new movie? Hey, what about the war over there? It's like. What yeah. what about the yeah. war here in America? You know, and if you yeah. and I were to go outside, we're law abiding citizens, we're properly regulated and licensed and permitted, and we went outside in our plate carrier, okay, and we had our AR and our magazines yeah. and our pistol, what do you think would happen within a matter of minutes? Woo 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 you know you get to get Yeah get charged with all kinds
2: of different felonies. Right. You know, it's fucked up, even though we'd be practicing our all uh, right. Uh I don't know, man. I, I mean, I, I don't know what the fuck is say. It's just <laughs> dude, I I grew up in Texas after moving from UAE and I never saw I'm, I grew up right outside of Houston. I never saw any of this shit. And then for me now to go to Oakland and see it. It's it happens in Vegas, but over here it's not as liberal. They have a bigger better control over it. Mainly, though, it's not because for the civ- civilians and citizens. It's because it's a tourist town, and they don't want people from other countries coming here and getting shot and getting robbed, you know. So that, that's an advantage. The police act, have actually a grip on, on crime. But in cities like, you know, Oakland, San Francisco, it's fucking nuts, man. It's insane. Uh, it's, it's good for security contractors like me and you, because they're paying <laughs> honest pay, man. Like, I never thought I'd be fucking... Doing what I'm doing, standing outside, guarding these people, you know, and making the amount of money that I'm fucking making. It's crazy. Right. I'm like, "You am to stand out there and you're going to pay me that much? All right, fucking sign me up. Give me a plate carrier. I'll fucking stand out there. I'm like, <laughs> but at the same time, it's sad that that's what they're having to resort to. Right. These oh, yeah. The, these executives. And what's funny is the same executives that voted for the same motherfuckers in office are now hiring the contractors. I'm right. like, this is what you got doing you voted for these dipshits and this is the result. And now right. you're scared for your life. And you're coming to security contractors asking us to protect you.
0: Right. Well you know, I mean that that is that is uh, a, a paradox, but I have I've wondered because this has come up in conversation and, and and I want your take on it when I put this out there. So it I haven't heard it lately, but there was a time when the, the conversation went something like this. What do you, because wars are good for business, hands down, yeah. wars are good for business. Yeah. and And everybody wants a quick buck nowadays. Nobody wants yeah. to, you know, make an investment and wait 10 or 20 years for the return. Yeah. They want it right. now. They want it in three months, six months, whatever. Okay. And since there are so many companies, big and small, in the realm of security at whatever level, okay, what if... Because we know that the a lot of these politicians are just that, they're politicians, and they're rubbing elbows, and they're getting paid, and they're being lobbied, and one thing or another, with this defund the police thing, it's like, and then here come the company executives, what if this was pre-planned? What if they said, "We we need business, we need more business, there's no wars. So we're back and we got all these guys, all these military guys and all these ex-contractors yeah. in here looking for yeah. work. We can do the same job, even though these guys will be paid well, it'll cost you less. And you'll get rid of that that bad cop stigma that's going on. Okay. What if this was all a pre-planned staged thing? Now, I'm maybe it sounds crazy, and I'm not saying that is the case, but I've thought about it and I thought, you know, I could see something like that, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. whether whether you want to look at it for the movie like v for vendetta or the purge series of movies you know whatever the scenario yeah. i just i can't help but think that maybe some of this was planned from the get go or if they saw an opportunity and never let what what's that phrase that they got now it's uh never let um uh a bad crisis go to waste you know yeah. i mean i don't I don't know i mean um It is, but I mean, do I think having a police force is a good thing? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm more sheriff than I am police. Okay. But I still think, you know, there's there's bad apples everywhere. Bad apples in contracting. Bad apples in in the military. Bad apples in white collar corporate America. There's bad actors everywhere. It's always going to be there but you got to have a security force and if you're not going to yeah. have the police get th- what then you got corporations who are they beholden to they're beholden to nobody yeah okay so from your perspective with your experiences i mean <clears throat> does any of this stuff with police make any sense at all it
2: doesn't man uh, it, you bring up a good point though i want to go back to what you said about how it could have been premeditated Okay, and I'm not gonna give up any of my clients because they pay me. What? <laughs> from what I've seen, right? Uh, there, it, there seems like to me, just from outside looking in, because I don't know what goes on behind closed doors. You know, I'm just a contractor. That there is some, there was some kind of premeditation to it. Mm. I'll put it that way. This is coming from the horse's mouth because, uh I mean, you're going out and you're hiring fucking contractors like me you know to let to protect small businesses or whatever it may be or executives right well why are you doing it though if 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 it was all you get what i'm saying if they wanted to defund the police and they were already getting protected and everything was fine and dandy why are they hiring fucking contractors now actually asking for the police to get be defunded what are they getting away with huh. a you're held to certain limits, right? And you sign NDAs, you can't say certain things. If they're doing shady shit, you can't arrest them. Where if there was a police officer standing there guarding them, you know, it would have So I think there's a lot of shit going on. There's money. It definitely involves money, in my, in my opinion. Money was involved for what's happening right now. It's not to where, like, the liberals just they didn't want the cops anymore. No, money was fucking involved. They thought of it a way to make more money. And they're like, we need to get rid of the cops. huh? And we'll, we'll shut these contractors up. We'll pay them good. You know what I mean? Right. Be able to say anything because they signed contracts. They're not going to be able to fucking uh, arrest us or take us to court or any of that shit. And they do whatever they were doing, you know, handling business. <clears throat> right. It's It's a combination of governors, politicians, CEOs, executives, mainly in states like California that came together. And I definitely think there was some pre-planning made. It doesn't just happen for no reason in my opinion. That's that's what I'm trying to say. You
0: know, Right. No, I agree 100%. And again, I can't prove, you know, uh, in a court of law type yeah. of proof. I can't prove anything that I speculated on. But, yeah. I mean, it makes an awful lot of sense. And it just seems that that's the way it looks. When I look around at the, at the landscape, and based on the work that we do and, and the calls and the talks we have with people it just you know and you and you read between the lines it's kind of like you know just the way everything is progressing it just seems like that's the way it was set up it was set up to be that way and i think we're gonna find ourselves in a world of hurt if we don't fix this real soon i would agree with with your assessment that that it's going to get worse yeah it's going to get worse i think it's definitely going to get out of hand
2: and this is what I'm hoping happens. I mean, I'm a big supporter of law enforcement. But at this yes. point, it's beyond law enforcement fixing it. I think these cities, it's going to come down to chaos erupting, riots, all that, all kinds of shit, gangs taking over completely. Like, have you seen the movie Escape from L.A.? Yes. I always <laughs> think of that movie when I go to Oakland. I'm like, this is why I envision. Oakland, L.A., San Francisco, they're going to end up like that, man. I'm serious. Huh. They're going to end up like that. With that amount of shit that happens, the robberies, the killings and shit, eventually these cities are going to have to resort to hiring mercenaries or contractors or whatever you want to call them, PMCs, to come and clean shit up. I think that's going to happen. I I believe right. it. It's going to happen, man. It's already happening in cities like Minneapolis. There's companies you don't hear about it in the news, but I have friends out there that tell me there's, there's contractors with fucking ARs guarding buildings downtown. You don't right. see that in the news.
1: No, you, you know, don't. No, you in don't.
2: Other- in Chicago, it's happening too.
1: Right.
2: Security companies coming in, guarding executives, guarding fucking uh, rich people's houses or whatever it may be. It's happening. Eventually, it's going to turn to a bigger level to where these cities are going to hire hundreds, maybe thousands of us. I'd see it happening, man. Especially if it goes to shit. Because the police can only do so much. And they've made the law enforcement now, uh, agencies, very weak to where they can't just jump in and fucking clean shit up. I mean, a lot of cops are fucking quitting at an incredible amount. I've seen the statistics. People are choosing early retirement. They're understaffed. Law enforcement right now is is, is burnt out. Uh, eventually, something's got to give,
0: right? You know, who's going to well, come I, save the masses? Right. Think, well, honestly, I, who? I think on? I think you're on a good point. I mean, like, um, I mean, all the, all, well, even the smaller cities. Uh, so, like, north of me in Bellingham, uh, for example, I know they've got so-called uh, city patrol security guys now. Uh, augmenting what the police are doing or can't do Um, in the cities around me, the three cities around me uh, you know, there's, there's smaller uh, city governments and councils, Seattle. I mean, you just go down the list, they're, they're putting out bids for proposal for, for guard services, for everything. A lot of private businesses are doing the same thing. And Yeah. yeah. And so we're, we're seeing, Small companies become bigger with these things, and it's like, so uh, it's good for business, I understand, but I think we've lost our collective minds if we (laughs) let it continue. I'm just saying, we have lost our collective minds if we let this continue to the next step, which is police are, I, I mean, police are just for the official but they probably won't even be involved in ushering them into the jail. We'll be doing everything that they were doing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just imagine where private security now is beholden to the to the corporations, which are rubbing elbows with the politicians that make the policies and the rules. I mean, who's in charge anymore then? <laughs> well, the crooks that are in office. You know,
2: I'm just saying. You're right. It sounds fucking crazy, but you're right. And that's the path that we're going down right now, honestly. I, I think by the next election, it will be already happening. You're going to see contractors on the street with fucking helmets, full kit, AR, all that. Uh, I don't know if it will happen in states like Texas and stuff like that, you know, those kind of states. But in these kind of states, I mean, the new sheriff, Stan Height, he's running for sheriff. He's, he's, he's an acquaintance of mine here in Vegas. We currently have a liberal sheriff. His name is Lombardo. I don't know if you've heard of him or not. No. Lombardo, I used to love you, but I don't <laughs> love you anymore. I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, Stan <laughs> Hyde is a Republican. He's running for sheriff, and I think he's going to win it. He was talking to me, this was like two, three months ago, uh, about how he's going to go all out for security police forces to assist law enforcement here in the city of Las Vegas. Hmm. He's going all out for it. Like the, the guy is bidding on contractors. I'm talking about not just handguns, full kit, full gear, like a conist, just like a to keep tourists safe here. Because right now, we're, we're, it, crime is on the rise, but they have a good grip in it on it in Las Vegas. But it is on the rise because mm. we're getting a flux of people from California coming over here. A lot of the gang members are coming over here, bringing the drugs, the crime, the prostitution. Child trafficking is a huge problem right now in Las Vegas. It mm. wasn't this big before. It's gotten worse. Mm. They just don't talk about it in the news. So eventually, I think Vegas is going to turn into California, but they're going to have to react quicker because mm. they don't want the eyes of Europeans, Asians, people coming from different countries being like, you know, we went to Vegas, and you wouldn't believe what the fuck we were seeing. Our <laughs> <laughs> trafficking humans on the strip, Gang members shooting people on the strip, you know, banks wow. getting robbed in broad daylight. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna start happening like that, huh. and they're gonna have to react quickly here because they don't want this shit leaking and going into the other countries, right? You know, so I think in Vegas, that's one of the main reasons I'm still hanging out here, living out here, is I think security is really gonna go to the next level. But I think it's gonna be up to security, the contractors like us to be like you know what enough is enough we're not going to provide these services till shit goes back to fucking normal
0: well you know think, i'm glad i'm glad you said that because uh i have been known and i won't say how many times but it's somewhere it, between 3 and 12 times to uh say no to government types that have yeah. talked to me or asked me for a bid for this or that and when we start delving into the details it's like no I mean, I even at the state level, it's like, you know, I'm just not interested. And I, I don't remember the exact wording, but the yeah. gal responded, well, I appreciate your candor. Would you reconsider? It's like, no, <laughs> you know, I, I'm just, you know, it's like, look, um, and, and the other thing is, is I never work unarmed. I don't, I yeah. mean, I, I mean, half the time they want me to be unarmed. I say, well, I, okay, but I don't leave home without a gun. I'm not going to work yeah. without a gun. Okay. Yeah. Uh that's just the way it is. Now, if you want to do the don't yeah. ask, don't tell thing, I can carry concealed, that's fine. I don't care. Yeah. But I yeah. do not work yeah. unarmed, you know. Yeah. And uh and it usually works out, but I am just No, I I think but yeah, no, there are just there are entities, there are people, groups that are of that mindset that I just won't work with. I won't work for them. I just won't. It's yeah. like when you pull your head out of your ass, okay? When you stop Talking like that. If you want real security, we can sit down and talk about it, and I'll take care of you. We'll make it happen.
1: If but you bring
2: but up what you security? And I want to. I want to talk about that because I'm sure you've seen me fucking talk shit about security companies. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <It laughs> Fuck me off dude. It really. Did. Besides them taking advantage of veterans and paying paying them pennies on the dollar. Yeah, which happens a lot. The number one companies right now for security, if you look at in California, for example, right? They're these big name guys. I don't know if you want me to name them. I'll, I can name them if you want. <laughs>
0: That's but, up to you, man, because I subcontract huh? occasion I subcontract to them you know, occasionally.
2: You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're fucking putting civilians with no backgrounds, you know, on these protective details. And all they give a shit about is the money. Now, yep. those guys i going to fucking make it worse. I think yep. in my, cause they're not they're, They don't give a fuck about morals. They don't give a fuck about values. They're only talking about fucking money. And I think it's bullshit. It really is. I think it's eventually it's going to come down to, uh, the smaller companies, you know, like us guys like us, uh, taking over, man, because, they're gonna need experienced guys. At the end of the day, like you said, real security. It's gonna to come to that point. I'm telling you, right? Motherfucker wearing a suit on isn't gonna be able to fucking protect <laughs> Elon <laughs> Musk. You know what I mean? And Elon Musk get yeah. shot in his like, like fuck these guys. We need real security. Bring <laughs> the fuck armed guys that told us no in the beginning. You know? <laughs> right.
1: Right?
2: Oh man, it already there's fucking threats on Elon Musk now all the time more than ever. and All these wow. people. There's threats on him more than before. I mean, liberals are going fucking crazy, man. They're threatening people left and right. Oh, it's nuts, man. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what's going
0: to happen, you know. Well, me it's too. Gonna- um, you know, and, and that's another, I mean, it's like some, when they pull, whoever it was to pull the cork out of that genie's bottle, I mean, like I said, I think I said this earlier. I mean, the the freaks just, I mean, they're out. Yeah. And, and, and now they yeah. don't want to go back, Yeah. you know. I'm just saying they don't want to go back. So, no, yeah, they're damn right they're fighting. They're fighting like hell because they don't want to go back in that bottle, you yeah. know. And, uh, you know, and I've often said, look, I don't care what you do or who you are, this, that, one thing, another, as long as you keep it to yourself. Okay. Yeah, don't, exactly. don't do it in front of me. Don't push it on me. Don't go out there and flout it and don't harm or hurt other people. I really couldn't care less what you do behind yeah. closed doors. I really don't care. Okay, just keep it there. All right. I mean, where's the scruples? Like you said, where's the morals? Where's the ethics? You know, where's the principles? You know, if you want to be, you know, if you want to have an island under yourself where you do all this depraved stuff going on, that's fine. As long as everybody's of uh, what we call consenting age and they consent to it. They're not coerced into it. They're not forced into it. Okay. And, And in terms of security, man. I mean like I've told guys before I said money is important don't get me wrong this is a material world I get it but yeah. it's oh, not yeah. everything
2: it's not everything 100% I've I've turned down man fucking some shady contracts that have been offered just for me speaking Arabic and I'm like no I'm not going to fucking do it you know and that's one of the reasons I really have respect by a lot of the contractors is because even though I'm Middle Eastern and I've been offered a lot of money just for speaking the language to go and fucking do certain special projects is what they call them overseas. I've said no because I do not believe in the fucking cause, you know, Um, I'm all for fighting terrorism, but I'm not for fucking, you know, uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Picking on innocent civilians in certain countries uh, just for that country's assets you know oil or whatever it may be like that shit's fucking happening right now in countries in africa too you know yep uh, libya too shit like that i mean now i'm very very picky with what i do and who i work for and actually if you don't mind me bringing it up i'm actually trying to get that contract in in dubai man and i want you on board brother <laughs> <laughs> well i'm telling you if this shit happens those guys love me. the royal family over there loves me My grandfather served as a general in the UAE Army. He helped establish the Cavalry Scout Division that they had. This was a long time ago. And uh, there's a lot of respect in my family name when it comes to Royal Family in UAE, you know. Uh, They actually first reached out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, The Crown Prince started following me, believe it or not. I was like, oh, my God, it's the Crown Prince of Dubai. Holy shit, you know.
0: You know, I think I've seen that guy. I think I've seen his picture. Um, I don't remember the name, but I saw the name and I thought. And and it's always very short what he posts. It's like one sentence, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: He watches. His advisors also watch my stuff. They follow me, and I have a great rapport. And they love the rants that I fucking make on LinkedIn. You know, (laughs) Uh, they have a good sense of humor. Those guys have a good sense of humor, and they're like, you know. uh, they would love to have me back and I just got to work on this proposal and I'm hoping to submit it soon. And I'm crossing my fingers and we'll see what happens. And I, I'd love to have you on board, brother. I mean, it would be something, it would be great, man, honestly, you know, and it would be good, you know, uh, and safe, right? <laughs> <laughs> God, I should get a shot at, you know, but, but what about Iraq and Syria? I'm like, I'm fucking tired of it. It's <laughs> never, gonna be over there. it really isn't dude. Right. I'll, I'll, black and white it's never gonna fucking end
0: right you know? no i think i think you're right uh yeah. no I, and, and if it goes down i i would love to be a part of that uh my wife yeah. said dubai because i you know at first i could tell she was like she had visions of the old days you know yeah. and it was like oh shit here we go again <laughs> you know but she was like well scott you're gonna do what you're gonna do so you know she, yeah. she knows i'm gonna do what That's i'm gonna good. do but then she's awesome. then she says uh oh wait I think there's a cruise line that goes to port there. She goes, Yeah, that'd be okay. <laughs> <laughs> and i am just you know, anyway. Uh, yeah, no, no, but I mean that that would be awesome. You know, um, but yeah, I mean they're you know, speaking of Africa, I mean it's like the Middle East, the MENA region, the entire MENA region isn't the only problem spot around the world. I mean, there's plenty of problem was- spots everywhere. Yeah. And it seems like the only place that seemed to be safe that was insulated from that was America. Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Not nice. You know? Um, yeah. And, and it's like, and it's a shame. It's like, and, and you got all these idiots, mostly the people from the freak show saying, well, we'll just go to the moon. We'll just go to Mars. And I'm thinking, well, maybe that's what you got to do to get away from it. But it's like, I really don't want to. I like yeah. it here on Earth. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. just saying I like it here on the planet Earth. I mean, don't get me wrong, eventually I'll I'll have my day and uh hopefully I I'll go meet the man upstairs, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um but in the meantime I like it. I you know, yeah. and life is good. And um and you know this, I mean, people are people, just take them as they are and either yeah. get along. I mean, what why you know, what was that that phrase that dude used back in the 90s when the first thing in Oakland kicked off with that trucking incident with some white trucker and that black pedestrian black. dude yeah. yeah i know
2: what you're talking
0: about yeah, yeah. It, it, you know but i mean he made that saying famous why can't we all just get along you know yeah and, and that's, yeah. That, uh-huh. that's my th- i mean we're gonna have issues we're gonna have arguments but why can't we just get along why do we got to go around and fight and war and beat everybody up all the time? Why?
2: and 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 that brings that brings me up actually to to something I, I wanted to briefly talk about which was my experience in Oakland and how I survived because there's fucking shootings constantly and I'm wearing a badge and a vest and I'm just standing out there you know no police backup no nothing wow. um I had to get along with the people I had to yeah you know I, I was coming to their, their their city I can't act like a cop I'm a contractor but I'm responsible for Certain amount of lives and certain people's safety, and I was like, you know, what's the best way for me to do it? They outgunned me one hundred percent. This fucking cartel walking around with AKs and gang members, you know, walking mass and shit. I knew the cops weren't going to back me up after several incidents. I had to talk to these guys, and I eventually just I came to the agreement. I told them, look, I'm here to do a job. We have to get along, you know. The bloodbath has to end, and we came to an understanding. Just me by myself, mm. talking these guys. Uh, I was like, you know, the only way we're going to solve the problem, you know, between cops and gang members and all these shootings and shit is that we all fucking get along. Everyone, just, it's a country called the United States for a reason. We all come from different continents, different races, different ethnicities. We need to go back to how it used to be, where we all got along, you know, when we're constantly fighting. The reason we're constantly fighting is because liberals push an agenda and they bring race into it. That's right. what all fucking down to, man. I mean, there's different races in UAE. You don't see them shooting one another. You get what mm-hmm. I mean? There's right. blacks that live there. There's Americans that live there. There's British people there's every color, you know, and just as an example. And you don't see people fucking killing one another. But here, the media, and I hate the media. I think they cause a lot of fucking problems. In my opinion, the media drives a lot of hate in America. Mm. They were the fucking shut the news for like a year. Dude, I'm telling you, people would forget shit. Everyone would fucking get along. No one would know anything that's happening. Everyone would mind their own business, I'm telling you. And everything would be fine. But, of course, that's never going to happen. So it's up to us to get along. We have to get along, man. You know, that's what it comes down to. Uh, Yeah, the reason I'm surviving out there is because I'm getting along. I have a buddy of mine, my relief, actually. I won't get into details. But he sent me a picture of where he was standing, and for some fucking reason, it looks like a bullet hole. So someone, I'm guessing, fired at him because he's a new guy. I don't know who he is or whatever. He's African American, and I guess they had a problem with him wearing a vest and a badge. I don't know. I didn't get the details. But I told him I was like, "Look, man, you know, you got to take it with a grain of salt. As fucked up as it is that someone tried to <laughs> fucking shoot, but trust me, if they wanted to kill
0: you, they would have done it. They're just right? telling you that you're in their area, right?" You gotta- you know, that's a good, that's a good point, And that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. They're, yeah. If they want to do those guys were fucking killing people right in front of civilians
2: walking around. If they want someone killed over there, they'll fucking do it. Right. So I told him, like, look, dude, don't take it personally. They're fucking telling you that you're in their hood. And it has to do, of course, with skin color. They saw an African-American guy with a badge and a vest and a gun, you know, and they're just, leave you alone. and he's there now and everything is fucking fine. And he listened to me, you know, I was like, dude, don't give them a hard time, do your job. And if everyone would just follow this rule, there would be peace. I'm telling you, man. Well, you would know, be. it would be in the beginning, but we have to set an
0: example. I think, well, you're on a, on a really good point because my example is again, up in the, the relatively small city of Bellingham about, uh, yeah. For my driveway to get to the downtown proper, it depends on traffic, but 30 to 40 minutes Okay, north of me. So I was uh, – earlier this year, I worked uh, uh, roughly four weeks up there uh, for, for some facilities security up there. And uh, oh. the people in the bars, it wasn't uncommon for one or more of them to test me like what you're talking about. You know, because yeah. it's a very liberal city up there. Very liberal. Uh,
1: okay. Uh, okay.
0: okay. Okay. And so so they were testing me. And, uh, and, and I, so, and and one, two, two, two things. One, there was a homeless dude and he was camping out. And, and I told him, I said, look, I don't have a problem with you camping out in front of their facility. Because I don't think they have a problem with it. As long as you mind your P's and Q's, clean up after yeah. yourself. And then, you know, depart the area when they open. He said, "Okay." I said, "Cool." I said, "Yeah, I don't mind," you know. But other security companies didn't like it that were out there, and they and and they were giving the dude a hard time. And I said, "Well, look, it's not your thing; it's my thing right now. When I'm gone, you guys can can go in there and be hard asses if you want. But in the yeah. meantime, if he's not disturbing anybody, if he's not causing any problems, and he's cleaning up after himself, and you can't tell that he was here, who cares? Okay? Yeah, exactly. He's not causing yeah. any problems." I'm- yeah. Okay, and then another yeah. one, I mean, there were plenty of incidents, but this other one, there were like three of them out there, and I made sure that they didn't circle me because it looked like that's what they were trying to do, corral me, you know, and uh, one, you know, and they were talking about it, and I forget how it came up, but it came up that I was an overseas contractor, and, and one of the guys took that as a challenge and pulled a, 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 a big-ass switchblade out of his pocket and, and flipped it open, and I stepped back half a step. And he said what are you going to do? I said if you don't put that back where it belongs, you're going to find out. Okay? Cuz I had my yeah. gun. <laughs> I mean, I didn't have it. I mean, it, it was on me, but you know, it's like, dude, yeah. that is a direct threat. That Yeah. And they'd been drinking and they were drugging, and we were otherwise having a pleasant conversation and I was tr- and I didn't want this to escalate to the next step cuz I didn't yeah. want that to happen. So, yeah. again, I don't I can't say verbatim what I said, but it, I de-escalated it. They calmed down they started smiling and laughing and they shook my hand and they went off and did the, but I'm saying there were a number of those types of incidents that harkens to your point that, that if we as professional private security contractors, the way we handle a situation, the way we deal with people can make all the difference in the world. You know, And, 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 and I knock on wood when I say this to this day, not once in America have I even had to pull my gun out of my holster. Not once. I've never Me even too. had to put my hand on the gun. I mean, there's been a number of times that I was ready to do that, but I've never had yeah. to. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just saying it's 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 the way you and I approach the situation. What you talked about there in Oakland exactly. and other yeah. experiences, it goes a yeah. long way, man, because, it does. you know, so all these all these dipsy doodles that that want to be a security guard, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, you got yeah. some learning to do, dude. You can't be, you yeah. can't be, you can't be working that way. You won't last long. Won't You'll last be long gone long. one way or another. Yeah, I know, I know some
2: security guards in Texas that got killed because of that. You know, trying to act like cops and harassing people and shit. Yeah, you know, it doesn't work. It never ends well, man. It, it does. not So, but no. yeah, that's 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 a great point and, and it's kept me alive for 13 years so i'll continue following it you know <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah, you know? i don't want any bullet holes in me thank god so. that hurt
1: right painful so
0: <laughs> but yeah. hey um um i would love i would love to continue this conversation that we we've, we've been having an excellent conversation uh so a couple things one um we'll have to do this again okay yes. whether it's your okay. podcast or mine, but I'd love to do this again. Okay. Uh, but so putting a wrap on it, but before closing, what would you like to leave people with? What thought or thoughts would you final thought or thoughts? Would you like to leave people with man, anything? That's, anything?
2: That's <laughs> <laughs> final thoughts, man. Oh, uh, I'm going to speak as, 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 right, you know, not Joey, the contractor. Okay. Tariq the immigrant that came to the United States. I love this country man you know and uh, I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for the United States and the government allowed me to do everything that I've ever done. Uh, I didn't have those privileges overseas you know uh, and I don't regret anything I've ever done. I've uh, supported the harder paths in life that I've picked that I've chosen you know even with my family disowning me, me going the route that I went, I'm still proud of everything I've ever done. Every kid I've saved, every criminal I've put behind bars. Most of all, serving my country, you know, that's what I'm really proud of. And I'm going to continue doing it until the day I die. I can never see myself ever doing anything, Mm. you know. And uh, I think uh, we all need to get along as people. That's what I want to leave people with, you know. Uh, there's There's this stigma, you know, about people from... The Middle East or from Africa or whatever, you know, that they come to the United States and they hate people or they have these different ideas, but it's, it's, it comes down to the person and how they, they, they were brought up. I could have been, I could have been hateful. I could have been, you know, not caring. I could have not assimilated. Uh, there's a big percentage of Arabs here in this country that don't assimilate, they continue acting like they live in the Middle East, but that's them and I'm different, man. Uh, I open up my mind, I've read the Bible. you know, I encourage people to open their minds. that's what I want to leave short mm. long short short. Open your minds and learn from different cultures. That's how you become more accepting. If you never learn about the different culture, you're always going to have that perspective of the other person. Read the Quran, read the Bible, it doesn't make you Muslim. It doesn't make you <laughs> it doesn't make you a Jew. I've read all 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 religious books. And I consider myself spiritual. I like to learn from all religions. And it's helped me a lot in my life. And become accepting of people. You know. I can I can rash on, and rag on liberals. And all that shit. But at the end of the day man. We're all American right. I want to see this country get along. I want everyone to get along dude. It doesn't matter if you're liberal or republican. Orange black or white. The only way we can defeat the system. Is by getting along. Mm. That's what I want to leave everyone with.
0: Amen. I like it. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, So I want to we'll put a wrap on that. Um, Stick around for just a moment when we're done, if you would. Uh, (laughs) I want to thank everyone um, for taking time out of your day or evening to listen to me talk about uh, private security contracting and uh, the issues that we have here in America with uh, my friend Tarek Kadura, a.k.a. Joey. (laughs) Yes, so I want to I wanna thank him very much for, for taking time out of his day to do this and work through the issues that we had, getting this thing run, up and running. <laughs> uh, uh, so thank you to uh, my wife, my children, all the folks, male and female, who have been part of uh, my life and still are. Remember, people, it takes a team. Grass is not always greener on the other side. Be careful what you wish for because you might just get it. Stay humble, stay safe, and keep others safe by staying frosty. And until next time, keep it real.